0: just had a funny moment, uh, funny to me, and that's all that matters, you know, something is funny to me, but um, I uh, came across twins, two young rappers from America, and it came through on my newsfeed, and, what, and these guys, these kids, wow, no, they're 22, I found out, so these guys, they're young to me, they're kids to me, um, they've gone viral, with a little show they put on, Uh, and what they do, they're rappers, so they don't belong in the popular music world, they're into rap, and very much rappers I don't know what their names are, but I I think you'd be able to google them once I tell you something about them, Uh, for starters um, couldn't understand a word of what they were saying, but I could get the gist, you know, because they speak another language it's a, the african american rap language uh, and i'm not being derisive there I, i've i've said in previous episodes it's a genuine language that you know will end off up uh splitting off uh from english and um it'll be valid you know what's more valid spanish french italian or romanian they're all valid languages but they all split off from Latin you know so you know I honestly think african American um language will split off at some stage from English and yeah it'll get to a point where we'll kind of understand them in the same way that Italians kind of understand French you know. but um what was funny to me is um there are these no, they they um they were in very engaging. Um, they're rappers, so they move while they talk. You know, one of them moves while he talks. You know, and the other one sort of sits there just cool. You know? And um, and 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 by the way, the way you move is not to do with the colour of your skin. See, I'm moving like a rapper there. <laughs> I'm not as cool, but no, but you can move. You know, it's it's a habit you can get on. You, know? you, you can you can do it it's a little richard said that um, yeah if you google all great dancers in history um you get every color it's it's absolutely great. you know who's got the most rhythm in history wow well, you know all the great rock drummers in history you know They've all got stunning rhythm. And even orchestras, you know, symphony orchestras and things. The rhythms, the complex rhythms that are going on in those. You know, Beethoven's, you know, the the rhythms that Beethoven and Mozart and all that sort of stuff were getting going, you know, they weren't black. You know, because a lot of people say black people got more rhythm. Uh, but the rhythms are so complex. You know, Keith Moon of The Who, you know. Or, um, you know, or, yeah, every drummer in history, you know. It's not to do with their colour. Most of those seem to be white, actually. Um, African-Americans with rap seem to be good at... I think most drummers... Maybe that's just because I listen to too much rock and roll. Um, African-Americans seem to... Rap um, seems to get beats going electronically. You can program them. They're good programmers. They'd make good software people. Um, But most... Well, it's only because I, I, I know rock and roll. But actual genuine drumming... I see, I see a lot more white people doing that, you know for what it's worth, reducing things to color, yeah? but uh, the point of, of all that is I've, uh, I've never detected one skin color being better at rhythm than another, you yeah? um, it's It's kind of cultural where, where you know like um, when I was taught to walk down the street, I wasn't taught to groove. I was I was taught to just walk. <laughs> but if I had been brought up in an African-American community, I'd probably walk with a bit of a swing, you know, to be like everyone else and do my thing, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, all that aside, these young blokes moved like that. They were cool, you know. And I found them very engaging and I liked them and I still like them now, even though I caught them out in what I think was... Uh, fakeness. I, I, I caught them out faking it. I think, but that just made me like them even more because they're making a fortune on YouTube. You know. Anyway, um, to, because they've gone viral, they're very engaging. I think they're selling fakeness. But if you can pull it off, that's the best form of flattery. Hmm. Anyway, so what they're doing is, um, is they they are doing a crossover thing. You know, it's a little bit like rock and roll was, you know, when white people, I will reduce things to white and black just for a moment, because there are, you know, we're talking America. You know, um, so, you know, it does reduce to white and black very often in America, much more than here. um. And um, rock and roll was essentially the white community um, becoming aware. Of black music, you know that's what rock and roll is all about. And true rock and roll fans, my shed door is shutting by itself. Um, you know, um, we became aware of black music and fell in love with it. And go, oh my God, this is like seeing Jesus. You know, once we heard all that blues and all that sort of stuff, you know, oh, this is it. You know, and and suddenly Frank Sinatra and all those guys were going. Oh, I hate that stuff. I want to hear this new stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know? And rock and roll was born. The blues had a baby and they called it rock and roll. And it was best put, I think, by um John Lennon once. Um, when he was describing the first time he uh heard Long Tall Sally by Little Richard and uh and it's worth it's worth googling. I can't Quote him verbatim because he used the N word in that quote, but in an appropriate way. And believe it or not, it can be done um, in a respectful way. Uh, um, and um, he was talking about, you know, he, he knew Elvis. Elvis was God, you know. And then one day, one of his friends, because there was no internet or anything, he had to wait till someone brought you a record around. Same with me, you know. Um, when I was young, I understood John Lennon here, and uh, because you know. He, he was just like me before he became famous. They all were, David Bowie and all these people. They were all just skinny teenagers, skinny white teenagers, you know, hearing Long Tall Sally for the first time. We all had that experience, it was fantastic. You go, oh my God, I've just heard jizzes. That song goes through the roof. He's singing it a foot above his head and all that sort of stuff, you know, you get that feeling and, um, and you buy the record. And um it comes you know. now, John Lennon had the single and it, well, um it was his friend's single, you know. Uh, you can't afford these things all the time. And um but I I've got it over there in my shed, um, Little Richard's Greatest Hits, you know. I, I, I didn't have the single to it. Um, but I did buy the album because I'm a bit younger than John Lennon. Um but, you know, when when I first got that album, uh, Buddy Holly was my first album, and then Little Richard was my second, and then Everly Brothers' Greatest Hits, I was getting all the Greatest Hits, you know, albums going. Um, I had singles, my parents had singles, so I had, a, had some Buddy Holly singles, and Elvis singles, and all that sort of stuff. I think my brothers and sisters ended up using them as frisbees, sadly, I would love to have them now. I used to listen to that, it'll be the day over and over. I'll get to those twins, those rap twins, in a minute. Uh, Because what those rap twins were doing in their viral video was capturing that feeling that people like John Lennon and I had um, when we first heard this song or that song. Uh, Because these young rappers don't belong in our world. They belong in the rap world. And and, and what's happening is they've become a viral internet YouTube sensation. Um, And the way they've done that is they're discovering music other than rap uh, in front of the world. So what people do is they text these kids uh, you know, to me and, um, and say, what about Jolene by Dolly Parton, which should be absolutely the very antithesis of any song they would normally listen to. And they say, all right, we'll listen to Jolene, and they Google it, you know, only a little Google, you know, and, um, and, uh, and put it on and, they, and they're sitting there one of them starts grooving, you know, and uh, the other one's just cool. And, um, and they listen. Oh, she sounds so good, you know, but you can quite, you, you can't quite understand what they're saying, but you get the gist, you know. And then, um, and, and there was another one. This is why it came to me because they've hit the news. Um, they, they tried it out on Something in the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Yeah, you know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. You know that song? And it's got this you know, this drum bit that cuts in. And both of them went, oh, my mind is exploding. That drumming is so good. Who puts the beat in at the end of a song? I've never heard that before. <gasps> oh, I'm having a freshen of delight, you know, they're, they're basically, how shall I put it, did you ever see that um, very famous Meg Ryan movie, I can't even remember what it was, but it's got a famous line in it, I'll have what she's having, you know, um, and what she was doing was faking that, you know, but, and she was spreading joy, you know. Meg Ryan because the other woman wanted some of that you know eggs on toast or whatever it was I never did get that no. now. but there was something going on there now these kids are doing that they are reaching into my soul to when I was their age and I was listening to songs for the first time and they don't quite get to experience that the same way I did because you know I'd get the record and I'd get it and it was so perfect you know and carefully you'd pull the record out of the sleeve, and the plastic inside was just pristine. And you didn't even wanna grab the very edge of the record, Uh, but what you did, you kind of shifted the plastic off, and you held the record like that. You wouldn't even hold it like that, because you might get your fingerprints on And it was so beautiful and black, and all the grooves were perfect, and it was shiny. And you could just smell it. You know, it was very much like the experience that Meg Ryan had. Except, I wasn't, we weren't faking it. Okay, so that's interesting, we weren't faking it. It's a genuine feeling. You know, when it's your first time. With Long Tall Sally. Um, now, these kids, 22, be older than, you know, I was when I was getting my first records um saving money you had to wait if you had a favorite song you had to wait for weeks before it came into your local supermarket in the country you know we had a supermarket in the, in our town and that's where the rear, there was a little record stand there and you could go and buy the records and finally you'd you'd hear a song that you, you had a favorite artist um and you only knew 3 of his songs or her songs you know It was weird, you know, pick your most, your favourite artist, someone you love the most. Well, back when I was young, my favourite artist, you know, I might know only three or four of his songs. Um, You could have another ten songs which are fantastic and I wouldn't even know them for weeks and weeks until I got his best of album. And a lot of his songs I would never even find out that he even sang them until I was about 40. And finally, you know, because they, had to, they either got played on the radio or they didn't, and they rarely played all a, a, an artist's songs. You know, so I got to 40, um, when the internet was invented, and suddenly came across all this other stuff that Little Richard had um, uh, sang, you know, for example. You know, and John Lennon, he, he was, would have been the same. Or How would he go and find another... Li- he heard Long Tall Sally, how would he ever find out the Tutti Frutti existed? It was probably weeks or months before he even found out the Tutti Frutti even existed. The other another song, or Good Golly Miss Molly. How would you find that out? There's no way to find it out. You have to wait by the radio, but you know they're playing all sorts of other crap too, doo wop and stuff. You want the rock and roll, you know? How would you find out? But when you did find out, it was beautiful. It was a discovery, and then you'd get the record and, shh, 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 shh. Ooh, and you'd put it so carefully on the record player. Some record players, you could play six records at once and put five up there so that they drop down one at a time. And... No way would you ever use that feature because the records are actually dropping. You know, maybe physics is saying that they're dropping on the paper bit in the middle so that the black bits aren't getting damaged at all. But would you ever do it? No. You know, you get Abbey Road for the very first time when it just came, you know, and carefully put on side one. My friend described. I've got a friend into the Beatles, and he described the very first time he he heard Abbey Road, and he said it was like hearing Jesus. And um, and then after side one's finish, you turn Abbey Road over <whistles> carefully, gently layer it down. You've got the nice needle because you don't want to be wrecking it, and um, you put it on. You had to use your finger with the needle on top and just ease it down gently, but you would use the mechanism that let it down, there was a electronic thing that put it there. And anyway, uh, because you don't trust yourself, because if you shake at the end, because you're so nervous, you know, you, you're le- letting the needle down on the record at the start, you do not drop it into the middle of a song. Yeah. you got it because you could scratch it, even slightly, it could be a tiny little hiss. <sighs> you know, but this is the feeling. Now these two young rappers have um, tapped into that old-fashioned feeling that we as kids all knew and loved. You know, John Lennon described it, you know, he said, oh, Elvis was God, but then I got this other record, and oh, I felt like it was a betrayal. This is how he put it, you know. Um, it felt like a betrayal. Um, and by the way, uh, John Lennon was one of the great activists all, of all time. He was the megan Markle before Megan Markle was even thought of. You know, he was um. All you need is love, and all that sort of stuff. He was, um, he was pushing that whole line really early in, in the Flower Power era. You know, all you need is love. So a huge um, advocate advocate for women feminism. You know, um, he had that wonderful song. Woman is the nigger of the world. You know, I'm quoting that, so I didn't say the n-word there. But it's not even banned. You know, it's because it's the context of that song, um, which makes that word fine in that song. And if it wasn't fine, what's it doing on iTunes anyway? Now, you know, it's freely available, written out as that. Yeah, and and there's a white boy, John Lennon, but he was absolutely adoring of black music. You know, he was a Black Lives Matter guy, and a feminism guy, and all that stuff, and he was making a point. You have to listen to the song to see the point he was making, but he, it wasn't a slur the way he said it. So you've got this guy chanting, you know, this white guy chanting, woman is the Negro of the world, because he's making a point. That women tend to be the slave of the slave, you know, um, it's a whole it's, it's not about the word really, it's how you say it anyway, but, um, and, and later he was describing how he grew up in a racist time and um, and in order to describe how racist that was, because he was calling out racism, he used the n-word again there, and I'm not going to, use, I wouldn't say the n-word in full, unless it's in context, see I won't even say it now no, I'll call it the n-word, respectfully, of course I will um, and in that quote about you know, because Little Richard is black, uh, but uh, the very, for for a while you know you wouldn't even know he was black when you first heard a couple of his songs on the radio. You wouldn't know whether he was white or black. I didn't know what colour the Everly Brothers were or anything, you know, because all we had is radio. All we had is radio. How would you even know? It wasn't they weren't in the newspapers. How? Look, we probably knew what Elvis looked like. But, I, you know, the first time I heard whoever, I didn't know what colour they were. Um, Anyway, so John Lennon definitely didn't know what colour Little Richard was. And um, he got the record of Little Richard, uh, Long Tall Sally, and he listened to it and he goes, oh, I feel like I'm betraying Elvis because this is better. This, I'm seeing Jesus. This is rock and roll. It's just too good, you know, this feeling. It's a genuine feeling in in the soul of a young teenage boy or girl, you know. Um, and all that sort of stuff. But I only know the experience of a young teenage boy, you know, because it's all I walls. And my mum won't admit it, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. <laughs> and if I say I am, I get it. <laughs> I'm making a point there. Um, okay, uh, so... Um, He said, so I I was a devotee of uh, Elvis, Um, but then I heard this other guy, Little Richard. And by the way, it ended up the case that um, the Beatles finished every live concert they ever did with this song. It's 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 a whole story. But if you listen to any Beatles live concert, they finished off with Long Tall Sally in the end. Not one of their own songs, you know, and they had no shortage of their own songs. Hmm. It was their signature final song. A cover. You know, when they had thousands of their own songs, but they did a cover. Even when they didn't need to, because that song was the moment they saw Jesus. Paul as well. And George. They all agreed. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to get that feeling that we all got as kids. And we all wanted to be rock and rollers from that moment. Bob Dylan as well, you know, he he was the same with Little Richard. Bon Scott, Angus Young, they'll all tell the same story, just Google it. Um, David Bowie, who I mentioned before, Elton John, all of them. Mostly English, little skinny white English boys, mainly, but the occasional American like him, uh, Bob Dylan. Um, but um, Lenny Clemister from Metallica, it goes on and on, you know. Um, you, you can't go back in time and capture this. Guess what? These two rappers, these twins, are going back in time and, and capturing that feeling for us. And, uh, and they've gone viral. And there's a reason for that. They're capturing everything I just described there. Those two young boys, 22, are capturing this for us. And I'll show you how in a minute. Um, because they are listening to the songs for the first time. Because they've been li- living in the rap world. It's the same as when I get sent rap songs, and it's a whole new world to me. I've never heard of it, those songs before, and they're absolutely mainstream for everyone else. And my goddaughter sends me rap songs and says, "Listen, listen to this." And the first thing I was taken by is the rhythm, the rhythms. Blah, 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 blah. They're complex rhythms, you know, in in a kind of pentameter. Yeah, the rhythm of rap is stunning. Um yeah um I try you know I, I just for fun uh copied the rhythm and was writing a little rap song f- just for the exercise and I thought, wow, you know you try and get the last three syllables all rhyming, and it can be three different words, you know, and it'll be two phrases down and all that sort of stuff, and there's rhyming in the middle of the phrases in the middle of the you know ah, it's just fantastic the way rap works, you know, and that's a discovery for me you know, when that happens. Oh, John Lennon, by the way, when he did, um, he was torn between the red and the blue. He said, the red? Because one of his records had a red label and one had a blue label. And he said, oh, I think Elvis might have had the blue and Little um, little Richard, his label was red. Yeah. And um, he said, I'm torn between the blue and the red and my loyalty is still with you, Elvis, but I just have fallen in love again. It's hard for a young boy, you know. And, um, and he said, and then someone told me. Now I'll, I'll use the N word in full now because it's the only way I can convey the racist times. Now I'm calling out racism here in the same way that John Lennon did. And he said, and then someone said, Ah, but little Richard's a nigger. And John Lennon, John Lennon, yeah, he was growing up in a racist time. He said, What? Oh, oh I kind of love them both then. Um, because Elvis is white. I can love them in different ways. How about that? And then years later when he's about thirty, John Lennon's going, Oh that was so racist of me. Um, but to his credit, he was what you know, he was socially constructed into that. So how could he you know, it wasn't a wrong Thing for him to think like that, because all the the grown-ups at the time um, referred to African people in that way. So it wasn't wrong back then. He wasn't being a bad kid, although he was a bad kid (laughs) in a lot of ways, you know. Um, But that's beside the point. He's actually John Lennon, like a lot of people, good in some ways and a pain in the ass in others, you know, like all of us. You know, some of us are in a pain, a bit of a pain in the ass because we talk too much. Speaking of which, rappers who talk too much, you know, just like me. Uh, so these two young rappers, they've, they've captured that feeling that I've been talking about all along here. Um, and what they do, people text songs to them, so, you know, and, and this is how it reached me. Uh, The two rappers, um, they heard something in the air tonight by Phil Collins, who's passed away not too long ago, by the way. And it's a song that I've heard too many times, and I'm over. I'm over it. But, see, the first time I heard it, I went, oh, wow, that's really impactful. You know, like, uh, it's not kind of my style quite, you know, and it's a song that can get on your nerves after a while. But the very first time you hear it, it's, oh. It's got that, you know, Long Tall Sally never loses that, it's still a foot above my head every time I hear it, even now. Something in the air tonight, you know, um, after I'd heard it 87,000 times on the radio, that was enough. But the point is, I got to hear it anew via these kids, and what these kids are doing is taking us back to when we were young and allowing us to feel that feeling once again. And is that wrong? I think it's right. It's lovely. Um, and um, so they're listening, ooh, they're saying, and they're getting that feeling, like Meg Ryan, you know, because you can get that with a song, um, it's not so different, and um, and um, and then, now I know that drum bit's coming, you know, because I've heard the song 87,000 times. You know, it's not quite like that. <laughs> I can't do the drumming for that. Well, however, however, um, Phil Collins does that thing, you know. But there's a real slow build-up to it. Do you remember? <laughs> Don't worry, you know. Anyway, these they're hanging on the edge of their seats, these kids. these are little rap kids. They look little to me, <laughs> and, um, and they look like kids to me even though they're 22. If you're 22, you're a kid to me, right, um, and um, and they go, oh, oh, they use that, oh, yeah, it's the punching of this, you know, the punching of the, oh, it's getting me in the heart. You know, this, and they very much say at the start, this is the first time alright, this is the first time we've never heard this song. Here we go. And they hear it for the first time and that reminds you of the very first time you heard that favourite song of yours or the other favourite song. I remember the first time I heard Lola. It just blew me away. I met her in a club down in Otso I, I don't I didn't even know all the words. Otsoho, I think I said Drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola. Yeah, the way cola, you yeah. know. Oh, this is delicious, you know. And, um, anyway, so these young blokes are hearing these songs for the first time, you know. I might send them Long Tall Sally, see what they think of that one, yeah. And, um, is he black? <laughs> is he rap? Well, he wasn't. Little Richard didn't care much for rap. Little Richard had a nephew. Got a nephew. Little Richard just died. You know? But he had a nephew who asked to come in on a Little Richard interview so he could plug his rap music, and you could see Little Richard going, yeah, oh. you know, he's going, and his, uh, his nephew was going rap, 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 you know, and Little Richard said, yes, anyway, that was really nice, wasn't it? Oh. Because Little Richard liked rock and roll. He didn't like rap. Yeah, that was pretty plain. Um, that doesn't matter. It's not about the colour of your skin. Just because you're black doesn't mean you like rap. And yeah, Little Richard didn't like rap. And neither did Jimmy. Jimmy never got a chance. Um, all right. So, um, anyway, so these young rappers, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. And, and you know what? They captured my youth for me. And that's why they're viral, I think. And Phil Collins' sister um, tweeted in or something, or texted, you boys have made me happy because they've lost, It was one sister or two sisters, I can't remember, um, because Phil Collins died recently. And they said, you've brought my brother back for me, you know. And um, that's why they got on the news, because they have triggered that song to chart again. It's in the charts again because of that viral video people have, Wanting to hear it, this is the power of YouTube, you know. Anyway, um, and I thought, well, wow, that's wonderful, you know. And then so I, I went down in the article a little bit, and he had another song there, and it was Jolene, 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 Jolene. You know, I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. You know, and not not song like, it's not song like Carmen. Sound like Dolly Parton, you know. And I could be a rapper if I kept rhyming like that. And um, and they're listening to that. Ooh, ooh. They said, you know, now, that's that rap speaking. You know, <laughs> you know I'm a woo I have a really i a minute, i will be in in a second. Right. I've got it, but exit these premises just for a minute because I'm in the middle of something and I want to finish it. You can indeed, actually, you can have it now. It is 25%, not a bad result. All right. Um, so, um, Jolene, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, you know, and they're going, oh, she sounds so good, you know, take it out, you know, you know, they got this new language. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm, full, I'm full of respect. Do I like Italian better than Spanish? No, both valid languages. They both derive from the vulgar Latin. I've got no problem with that. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying there's a language they're splitting off. Anyway. I got the gist of what they were saying. And they were listening to this song and said, Oh, these boys have captured the genuineness of the first time we all heard our favourite song. And I love these boys. And then right in the middle of um <laughs> This is only earlier today. Right in the middle of that song, Joel Lee, there's this little it's almost like a rap beat. And and Dolly Parton has thrown that in there and it goes, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. You know, something like that. Yeah, you know, Jolene, I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. You know, you know, just right in the middle, and it's on a soft drum, you know, or you know, something like that, you know, right in the middle, and the boy on the right, the rapper on the right. Remember, this is the first time they've heard this song. The one on the right, lovely yeah, lovely boy, um, and I still like them now. I've got no problem with what I'm about to tell you. Um, he, uh, the boy on the right, he's not moving as much. The one on the left's grooving. Jolene, this drumming's so fast, you know. And um, and uh, I love this, you know. No, uh, not that clear. And um, the one on the right goes, and he no, now he's the bit. He knew that drumming was coming, because what he did, and this is the first time he said the song, he goes, "Ooh," and his finger was moving exactly. He did he, he did air drumming to that bit. How did he know that bit was coming? I caught him out in a lie. Oh, he was faking it. They're both faking it. They've heard this song before. It's all show. It's all fake. Yeah. Uh, You know, and people say Donald Trump's fake or whatever. Everybody's fake. But you know what? It didn't hurt. I didn't feel betrayed. I thought they still, they awakened the feelings. They made Phil Collins' sister happy, even though they were faking that orgasm. You know what I mean by that? I was talking about Meg Ryan earlier, right? So if you're faking it and no one gets hurt, is it the wrong thing to do? This is a philosophical argument, you know. Um, I. It can come back to bite you. Um, but these boys are faking it. I don't think many people are picking up on it. It's just that I watch things closely and I picked up on it. So that's that. Um, I found it really fascinating. Um, get on to it. Um, Phil Collins, you know, charts again or something, and it'll just pop up, that's the way the internet works. I actually called my daughter in, I said, listen to this, I caught these guys faking something, they're selling genuineness, you know, because I sell fakeness, but I'm doing it deliberately, you know, because I do a lot of episodes that are jokes, you know, where I completely make up something, you know, I had a great-great-grandmother and she used to wrestle crocodiles and she lifted them up in the air and flipped them over like a judo expert and all that sort of stuff, you know, it's absolutely true. Now, you might say, oh, you're a big fake, Charlie. Well, no, because I'm obviously, you know, deliberately, it's comedy. I'm being fake on purpose. These kids are selling genuineness, which is the complete opposite. So who's the fake? You know, they're saying genuine stuff, and I'm saying fake stuff. But they're being fake, and I'm being genuine, you know. So they're being, they're faking genuineness. That's right. And I'm pretending to be genuine and being fake. There's a big difference, you know. Um, You get it, you know. And which one do you like best? Well, I like them better. Uh, You know, because, um, uh, anyway, um, because they're funny, actually. I like them. Um, So that's that. So they're selling genuineness, but they're faking it. And I brought my daughter in. Ah, Scarlet, you know, I'm making up a name there. That's not her real name. Come and have a look at this, you know. I caught these blokes. They're pretending to be genuine. Like, really faking it. Like, I didn't say like Meg Ryan, but that's what I was thinking. Because they were really... They were using honest expressions on their faces and all that sort of stuff. And they were going like that, which is a symbol of... From the heart. I'm giving you my feelings from my heart. But you know what? They were lying. It was none of this. But they're doing it. They're using their most meaningful rap symbolism oh. and they're faking it. Will their girlfriends ever be able to trust them? Yeah? You know? And uh, and well no, you know. That's that was Meg Ryan's message too. And um but the point is now I said to Scarlet, Scarlett, listen to this And she looked at me with that bored sort of look. You are such a fossil, Dad. Anyway, I played it a bit. I said, look, they're faking. And she went, Harley, Dad's just discovered that YouTube is fake. You know, I still get caught out. I'm from from another world. I'm not used to it. They're all faking it for viral hits and all that sort of stuff. And yet, it's not necessarily so bad It's a philosophical question. If you're faking it and no one's getting hurt, in fact, if you're bringing joy to people, is it the wrong thing to do? Well, yes and no. Uh, Look, maybe no, but you may get caught out. But I'm not going to send this video to the sister of Phil Collins, because I want her to keep her joy without feeling betrayed. End of episode.